Today's episode is brought to you by Musical Theatre Radio's Merch Store. Looking for that perfect gift for someone or just want to treat yourself to some great musical theatre themed merch? Head to musicaltheaterradio.com and click on the All Things Theatre button on the homepage and check out all the different designs available. And now, today's interview. Welcome back to another episode of Be Our Guest here on Musical Theatre Radio. I am your host, as always, Jean-Paul Yovanoff. Today is another Discover a New Musical Edition, where you, the listener, and me, the host, get to learn about a new show together. Now, if you are a fan of the songs of Dolly Parton, have I got a show for you. Here you come again, opened the the Goodspeed Theatre 2023 season, and had a successful month-long run in the summer of 2023. Now, unfortunately, I couldn't get down there and i'd love to get down to that theater at some point but today's three guests will tell me all about it and what i missed i'd like to welcome to the programs uh gabriel barry trisha paluccio and bruce valanche the creators of here you come again hello and welcome hello hello john paul great to be here Wonderful. So before we get into the show, I always want our listeners to get to know you a little bit better. So I always ask my guests for a 30-second bio. So in 30 seconds, I'm going to pick on Trisha first. Who is Trisha in 30 seconds? Oh, wow. Well, I am an actor who has loved Dolly Parton her whole life. And I'm also an artist. I'm in my, I don't know if this is going to be visual or not, but I, I'm in my little art studio in New York City um, right now where I'm, during the pandemic, I had an incredible experience where two of my childhood passions came to life, uh, my love of pressed flowers and my love of Dolly Parton. And so we're here today to talk about that show that we created, uh, but that's a little bit about me. Fantastic. Bruce, 30 seconds. Who are you? Seconds. Well, for six years, I was on Hollywood Squares to the left of Whoopi, if that's possible. And if you miss me there, I wrote uh, 25 Oscar shows, two of which I got Emmys for, and I have a pile of Emmys for, from a pile. I mean, literally a little bonfire <laughs> from uh, from other things. And I was on Broadway as Edna Turnblad, ironing and singing and dancing for two years on Broadway and on tour in Hairspray the musical and those are the highlights and then they made a movie about me 20 years ago called get bruce produced by harvey weinstein who never laid a hand on me <laughs> hashtag why not me <laughs> and i'm not sure how you follow that but <laughs> i i generally try not to but um uh i uh started in the theater as an actor myself and had a career for 20 years or so on Broadway and touring internationally as well and um, have now been directing for at least that long. Um, primarily that is my my career. I've started to do more writing as well uh, or co-writing of, of books to musicals mainly and I now have an international career as a director as well as on Broadway and and here in the regional theater uh, climate and um I'm also very honored to be married to Trisha and she uh, and and grateful to her for the original idea for this show. Perfect. I'm always curious before we get into the show. Were you always into musical theater growing up or is that something you discovered a little bit later in life, Trisha? Oh, I love musicals my whole life. I did a lot of community theater as a kid and and um did all my high school musicals, you know, <laughs> so I came to New York with a lot of naivete that I could make it, you know, and, and do it. And I was, 
I'm very lucky that I was able to be in a, a Broadway musical, Fiddler on the Roof, with Alfred Molina, and later Harvey um, Harstein. But um, yeah, so I I've grown up. I've always loved musical theater. Bruce. Yeah, I was a child actor, not a child star. We'd be having this conversation in rehab. But I did a lot of, uh, uh, in Summerstock, a lot of the stubby K parts. You know, sit down, you're rocking the boat, that kind of stuff. And uh, I was enamored of Zero Mostel and Jackie Gleason and those guys, the fat guys who could move. And uh, by the time I got old enough to do that, I was writing. So uh, it, it, it took me years to get back to that. But yes, I've always been madly loved. And I wrote, I wrote a huge flop musical in 1978 called Platinum that starred mm. Alexis Smith, a big star of the 40s, who was not as big a star in the 70s. <laughs> and it'll all be in my book. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes, I've always loved performing. I uh, moved around a lot as a kid, so uh, I became, uh, I usually made friends by making people laugh when I could as a class clown and then learned that uh, people did that on a stage uh, um, with, with scripted um, dialogue. So uh, in high, my high school years, I started performing in uh, musicals and plays, um, mainly at high school and some re and some uh, community theater. And that's what got me interested in, and sent me to New York to study acting more formally. And so, yes, yeah, I've always loved musical theater. And now that I work a lot internationally, uh, I, I love it because it, it it has become a bit of an international language and, and a way to sort of affirm that uh, we're all the same under the skin. For, for sure. So let's talk about Here You Come Again. How did your three parallel lines come together to write this show? Well, it well, started with another show. I mean, well, it started with Trisha, actually. Trisha and uh, something she's been carrying with her since childhood, against which she could never be vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I grew up loving Dolly Parton and I first heard the song Here You Come Again when I was six years old on the radio and it was like a lightning bolt went off in my head and I said I have to learn this song and I just did not know better that you weren't supposed to copy so I've been copying and trying to sound like Dolly Parton literally my whole life and I think I just warped my vocal cords so that I, and I didn't know any better. I just memorized like a robot, every crackle, every vibrato, everything to such a degree that as an adult, I would just kind of break out and sing like Dolly to make people laugh and, and bring people a little bit of joy just for fun. And, and I did that, you know, I, I break out that little uh, ability during tech rehearsal or something. And when I was in a show or whatever, but I always sincerely hoped that I could use that ability to some good purpose and to some good use. So it was always my dream to create a two-person show about, and all I knew that it should be about a, a fan, an uber fan of Dolly Parton and their fantasy friendship with Dolly. So I'd had this kind of musing for years and being married to Gabe, who is a wonderful director and creates new musicals and understands how to put things together. Um, he knew of this uh, desire. And so then now, Gabe, I'll let you kind of talk about how it happened. The early days of the pandemic on May of 2020, um, when we actually set this show, uh, I got an email from a theater I'd worked at in Florida a number of years ago, and they were, uh, you know, receiving submissions for PPP grants that they had gotten uh, to to hand out to keep writers writing um, during the, the pandemic. And they asked for 
me to pitch um, uh, any ideas uh, I might have for one or two person shows. We didn't need the rights or anything to 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 pitch the idea or to write the show. You just need rights to perform the show. So so um, I sent them the next day a, a list of three different ideas. Um, and this one was one of them with with Trisha's permission. Um, and uh, I also called Bruce because Bruce and I had had the pleasure of working together on an earlier show called The Sign of the Times. And um, so uh, I knew Bruce from that and a few other uh, experiences in New York. Um, so I was able to uh, to call him and see if he might be interested, should we get the grant in writing it? And so and very happily, he he agreed the, to um that he would consider that. And so I submitted his name along with ours to write the show and uh, we we won the grant. And uh, so we started writing in, in those months, early months of the pandemic. Bruce was in his home in LA most of the time. We were in a cabin in California and we'd meet um, every other day or so. And, and um, um, we, at least we're on the same time zone for once. Yeah, it was, yeah, <laughs> it was a, Nice luxury. And so we all came up, you know, with a song list that we wanted to start with. I kind of structured the show, came up with a couple of the characters together um, with with them and, and gave a created sort of an outline. And then Bruce um, sort of filled everything in with dialogue and, and invention and wonderful imagination and, of course, humor, um, sort of setting up each song as, as I uh, had arranged it. And then um, so we had a, a finished script. We did a Zoom reading in August of 2020, um, just a few months later. And attending that reading were uh, our lawyer, Tom Disler, and um, a few theater, uh, you know, artistic directors, including Donna Lynn Hilton, who is the artistic director at Goodspeed and an old friend and uh, a number of other folks. And based on the success of that Zoom reading that we did, starring Trisha and an actor named Kevin Cahoon, for whom we sort of wrote the role of Kevin um, in the show. Um, we got interest in the show. And, and, and in addition to Donna Lynn saying she was interested in, in producing it um, eventually, perhaps, um, Tom, our lawyer, very, very graciously said, I'd love to try to get this to Dolly and to her people because we knew we couldn't do anything with the show unless she gave us the rights to to use her music. Um, so the show sort of sat on, on a shelf while we waited to hear back from her and not even knowing we would. Um, and we finally did about six months later and she was enthralled with the show. She loved the script, had a couple of notes for Bruce that he uh, took right away. And and we, um, uh, you know, she gave us the, the grand rights to her music and gave Trisha the right to play her and uh, so I then called other theaters uh, that I knew and what we created was a sort of year-long rolling premiere of the show the last stop of which our sixth was our sixth production of the show was at Goodspeed this summer so um, it was a great opportunity for us to do the show six different times with a little bit of time in between for the show to keep growing we continued to work on the writing of the show as we're still doing and um making it better and better. And uh, that's, uh, you know, sort of where we at at the moment. And we have some, you know, potentially exciting news uh, ahead for us too. Fantastic. So 
writing with three of you must be a little more complicated. I guess, Bruce, you're, you're used to writing with other people. So yeah. probably a little bit easier for you. What, what was that process like and getting notes from Dolly Parton? Well, I got notes from Dolly before. I've uh, <laughs> been writing for her off and on for 40 years. Uh, we had a long one period, a disastrous uh, Sunday night television variety show called Dolly where they, uh, the initial writing team tried to uh, make her Carol Burnett, which, of course, she can't be. She's Dolly, and she can't get too far from Dolly in anything she does. Uh, so we had to convert the show into kind of a, a series of weekly specials, and I was writing on that. So I, uh, I, I kind of got her. And, in fact, the one note that she gave me on the script was I had a joke about her hometown, which is called Sevierville, and, and for good reason. And she said, well, now, Bruce, I have to go back there now and again. <laughs> so I, I can't really dump all over them, but so that was that was a, a great fun part. This was a, a, a kind of a blissful collaboration. We were all you know trapped in our rooms, and I got my assignment. It was that kind of collaboration where I, I was given the show, the plot, what what was going to happen, and I was given a list of songs that we were going to use. And although I knew that those would change as we as they have as we've gone along, um, I, I had the idea of, of I immediately knew what was what I was supposed to write, and that is of course you know that's half the trouble. I mean, uh, finding the characters and also writing a, a Dolly character that Dolly would approve and not say, "Well, you made me into a bitch," or you know, it, it was it was straddling a fine line because she has to be funny and she has to deal with this guy's problem but you know she can't stray from being the the essential dolly that that everybody knows and loves so it was writing in her voice and i discovered as i was writing that i remembered from those years ago her voice i remember what it was like dealing with her on a daily basis and so much as trisha you know had had drilled herself into or had dolly drilled into her by herself when she was a kid i had had a lot of dolly exposure uh that I got to pull to, to remember. And that's why I, I think that uh, ours Dolly sounds like the real deal. And, and one of the great notes we always get is this is not a Dolly Parton impression. Mm -hmm. And I know that's 99% Trisha doing what she does. And 1% the fact that I didn't <laughs> write it like a drag queen was doing it. You know, I wrote it. Although we do have that in the show. <laughs> we would never overlook that aspect of Dolly's life, her relationship to the drag world. But so I'm very proud of that, that, that it sounds so authentic. Yeah. And I, I'm proud of our collaboration too. It was so harmonious. And I, I was, um, I, I'm not a experienced as a writer, but I, I do think that I was able to contribute in ways like, Oh, I think Dolly would say it like this. And so I was able as an actor to contribute to the writing also, you know, in, you know, in a dream way, you know, said. I yes. mean, she would say, no, you know, what Dolly said about that in this interview in yeah. 1968. I, I'm like an encyclopedia. So I, could, I, I was able to, to really, yeah. I incorporated I all that. of that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a real a, collaboration. It was a real beautiful collaboration. And that is, that I think has been one of the jo most joyous things for Gabe and, and Bruce and I that, We've always gotten along and always been on the same page about what we were trying to do. And we each got to contribute what our talent is to the piece. And we could not have done it without any one of us. I mean, 
Gabe was really the person that kept us on track and on a schedule and structured it. And he understands dramaturgical structure and, you know, and so I, I really think that that's been the secret is that we, we each had a strength to bring and we were able to really respect each other's strengths in the process. Very nice. And I love directing and the whole collaborative, you know, aspect of, of theater in general, especially musical theater, because as a director, I'm always sort of serving that role as dramaturg and kind of um, someone who's trying to keep the, the wheel spinning true and um, keeping, you know, uh, everyone's ideas of a part of the the collaboration. So um, it was it was really fun and, and harmonious, as as everyone's been saying. It's a. Uh... It's also, I'd just like to add, it was great to have three actors working on this piece mm. because there's a shorthand that actors have with each other where, you know, we'll say there'll be a moment and they'll say, this feels a little eggy. Yeah. Because yeah. we all experienced that moment of being on stage with egg. And yes. uh, uh, so it, that that was something else that we couldn't, I couldn't ignore. That had to be, mm. I mean, because that doesn't You're happen that often. Mm. You're right. You're right. Because because I could share, hey, guys, this joke, I think. And we could and they knew from being yeah. an actor in the audience watching me do it, they could get, OK, why this doesn't work. And it was nice to never you have to fight it, about reading it. You feel it being played. Yeah. Which, yeah. You know, I agree. It's a good thing. Trisha, what was it like to, to see your your idea come to fruition? And had you met Dolly Parton before this? I'm and what not. was that moment like? No, I've never met Dolly and uh, I've seen her in concert twice. Um, but I honestly, I think that you'll never meet a more grateful actor than me. My dream came true. That is a very rare thing for any of us in this business to, to see something that's been in our heart and our vision for decades come to life. I, I consider myself incredibly blessed, incredibly lucky um, and, uh, I don't know how I'm ever going to act again in a, in a stage play. Like, how can I top this experience? I, I don't know what I'm going to do. So, uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm just so happy and I'm so excited for our next step of this journey. Very cool. Very cool. Well, what was the audience reactions like to, to the show? Because it, it's, were, the, were did people come out as Dolly fans? at that point or because I, I understand going to see it if you're a Dolly fan you've already got there but what what was the audience reactions like I mean I think even in the very beginning of our we've we've grown so much our script has grown so much we've changed actors three times everything about our show has improved and grown over time but I would say and I don't know if you'll agree but I feel like the audience reaction has been the same from the very beginning till now. They jump to their feet at the end. It is a really uplifting, happy, uplifting, beautiful story with a lot of comedy. And so we've just gotten, in, I feel like, incredible response since the beginning. Um, we've never not had a standing ovation. Um, and and not just like a, a polite one, but a, a really, it felt it feels to me a very heartfelt response. I'd agree. And and what's been nice is, uh, you know, performing the show in six different cities around the country gives us a, a real cross section of audiences as well, in terms of age and and uh, their proclivity or or you know, the degree of of which they're already Dolly fans and. 
you know, some places like Nashville, of, of course, people were even more vociferous about about Dolly and, and loving the show from that angle. But uh, other places like Goodspeed or wherever, um, they're they're into, you know, a good story and entertaining um, music and performances. And um, they were also drawn to it. And, and it's one of the things that gives us confidence that the show can play in multiple um, cities, towns and, and countries even. And we're really excited about that potential. And yet the reaction has been unanimously enthusiastic. And uh, as Tricia said, we're, I think, most proud of the fact that we've created a piece of theater that is ultimately positive and uplifting um, and comes at a time where people need to feel uplifted and positive about something. And, uh, you know, it's one of the things we've we've um, been able to benefit from is the fact that Dolly is one of the least controversial figures there are. Most, you know, there's hard to find anyone who, who doesn't uh, appreciate her, love her, and um, um, and everything she's done and stands for. So we've certainly benefited secondhand from that, um, of course. And the other surprising thing that's that's also I think been healing in a in a weird way for the audience is that um, Bruce and all of us chose the the pandemic itself as a backdrop for the show. And uh, one of the things we were gratified to hear early on, even in a reading of the show, is that people were ready to laugh already at some of the things we all went through in terms of the quarantine experience. And uh, that was a relief. And and we we are grateful that we had the, the, the confidence to try that because we had no idea how people would react to that. Uh, Bruce, I, I thought uh, everybody would. And, and we got, uh, finally, one of the reviews out of Connecticut said, this show will resonate with everybody because we were all trapped in our own little isolation and everybody remembers what that was like. Yeah. And I said, this is, this is the key is always as we were writing it. I said, this is like, you know, they still talk about world war two. This is a cataclysmic event that happened globally. and Everybody still remembers it. And from the very beginning, the first joke we have where a guy comes on carrying nine, nine different rolls of toilet paper, <laughs> you know, Big laugh. They all, everyone, everyone went there. Yeah, it was almost as if groceries. Yeah, it was almost as if Trisha's idea that she had more than twenty years ago was waiting for a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I thought it was oh Thank you, thank you, Bats and Wuhan. As many. I'd like to thank the bats in Wuhan for this. But you know, something else I want to say as somebody who, uh, first of all, look at me. I, 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 no one recognizes me when I come out at all, ever. Like it's no one, everyone assumes I'm just like an usher or something. But when people have recognized me and we do end up talking, one of the gratifying things has been how many people relate to the character of Kevin. And I'm talking every age every demographic, you know, gay, straight, white, black, male, female, people put themselves, they recognize this character of Kevin and what Kevin went through, which was, you know, uh, he was put in a situation where he needed to let go of all the ideas about who he was, his identity, his job, his relationship, his home, all those things. And in isolation confront um, you know, confront that loss. And, and so the show is really about 
the pandemic pivot, the humility that that takes to let go of who we think we are to do something else. And I, and one of the gratifying things for me being in the show is talking to audience members who say, who is just with tears in their eyes, say, I feel like that was me, you know, that was my experience. And they project their life onto this character, which, which, you know, I think is, is one of the nice things about the show too. Well, congratulations to all of you on the show. And and after your successful run at Goodspeed, what's up? What's next for the show? If if you can even say, is it, where's it oh, going? We're uh, we're really excited about that ourselves, and um, we've had dozens of theaters here uh, express interest in wanting to do the show. Um, but we made the decision now to pursue uh, what we're now laying the foundation for is uh, is a production actually in the UK of the show, uh, including, we hope, the West End uh, in London. And we are very eager, of course, to to realize that with the, the team that's sort of putting that together and um, and eager for our hopeful success there to uh, enable us to to um, to bring the show back here to the U.S. Um, in some sort of commercial form, uh, and hopefully too many or all of the theaters that have already expressed interest in wanting to do the show. So uh, we're quite proud of the fact that we that the show will will be having a life and uh, and that we'll get to continue to work together on it. That's fantastic. And and for production wise, you've got a, a nice nugget there because you know. It's not too expensive to put together because it's only two people and it's some band and you've got a great message and, and it's, we need more shows that aren't, you know, just doom and gloom. We just sometimes need to laugh and, and enjoy ourselves, you know? So yeah, you've, you've written something wonderful and I look forward to seeing it somewhere, <laughs> wherever, come up to Toronto. <laughs> I'm here. We got some theaters. Krisha, you should give a little taste of Dolly to to send everyone off with. (laughs) Well, hey, everybody, I sure hope that you'll follow along and see our little show if we go to London. I'm sure looking forward to that. And I hope that, you know, uh, we are on Instagram. If you want to follow us there, here you come again, musical on Instagram. And uh, want me to sing a little something? I don't know. What should I sing? (laughs) <laughs> Late one cold and stormy night, I heard a dog barking. And then I thought I heard somebody at my door knocking. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. I could go on and on, but beginning of a really sad ass ballad. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, uh, thank you to all three of you for coming on and introducing the world to uh, the show. Whoever didn't get to good speed, now they can just go to the UK. And go see it there. That's right. We really appreciate your support, Jean Paul. No problem. Hey, like I said off the air, if we don't support each other, who's going to? So we need to take care of each other and, and do that sort of mm-hmm. thing. So uh again, congratulations and thank you for coming on thank today. You, thank, thank you, thank you, thank you. No problem. All right. We were just speaking with the creators of Here You Come Again, Bruce, Trisha, and Gabriel. Um, You can learn more about the show by uh, going to their Instagram or just looking up Here You Come Again musical, and you'll find out lots of stuff there to learn more stuff about it. Uh, Tune in next week as we'll speak with another guest or guests about their life, love, and passion. That is musical theater. I am your host, as always, Jean-Paul Yovanoff. And until next time, I'll see you when I see you.